Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our hola, amigos. I am in fact Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> if you are not familiar with this program, I'll give you the basics. We are but a small, independent radio program. We do not have some corporate monster behind us, though it's not like I would not be interested if some major international media company begged us to join their team. Uh, yeah, of course, it would obviously you know, end ugly with a great deal of damage in its trail, but for a few weeks, it would be so cool for just once to be part of you know, the hegemonic machine that controls the world's airwaves. Excellent. You know, like playing one game for the evil New England Patriots before being waved out of the league. Uh, yeah, anyway, I should probably introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Why don't you pull out a decent guffaw, if you will? Oh, alrighty. How about this? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll accept it as adequate. Not your best, but it'll have to do. Uh, really? Well, well it's okay. I'll, I'll step it up a bit then. Yeah, if you would. Now I need to introduce my special fill-in co-host. Uh, thanks for doing this, by the way, man. Well, yeah, well, what was Lawrence. Gonna, thank you, thank you. Uh, but what was I going to say when you asked me? I mean, I had some plans tonight, but I am part of the show, so I came in to do my job. You know, this show, it still goes an hour, right? Yes, our show is still an hour long. Oh, okay. But it goes fast. You'll be out of here before you know it, Lawrence. Yeah, tr try not to be too demanding at the beginning of this thing. You know, consider yourself lucky we don't do like a, a three-hour show like Rush Limbaugh. All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. I mean, his staff has to sit there the whole time while he pontificates about stuff. You know, no guests or calls to make the time go faster. I, I hope he pays his people well. Yeah, well, you know, it's got to be better than what we're getting around here. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. So, okay, now what, what are we going to talk about tonight? Because, to be honest with you, I kind of wanted to, to bring something up. You know, right now, it, it's kind of taking up all my mind space. Yeah. I, I need to get some help on this matter. Are, are you in financial trouble? Or... Or, or is it like a medical issue? Oh. Or are you looking for like blood donors? Because I heard that you have like a rare blood type and want to do one of those like total blood transfusions like Keith Richards used to do in the 80s. I read it can give you like a bigger energy boost than a case of Red Bulls. Yeah. No, no, no. It's nothing. I'm not going to do a blood transfusion. Nothing like, at least not right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so what I was going to bring up 
Anyways, I'm, I'm going through, uh, uh, I, mean, I think I'm going to give this dating scene a shot. Uh, you know, it's real stressful yeah. to get out there. There's so many decisions to make, you know. Well, you know, I happen to have a little experience w- with the dating scene. Wait, you do? Well, not real successful experience, but I've been at it for years. I mean, I, yeah, I'm still single, but I haven't given up yet. Game has changed, yo. Oh, I'll give you effort points for still staying in the game, Spud. Your ability Thank to you. shake off the disappointment of your romantic failures over the years is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Most men would have called it a day and focused more on, say, a cat or maybe gardening. Well, I do have a cat, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Mrs. Gravitz, uh, they, they don't meet all your needs. So why pause to take a pill? So, you know what I'm saying about that? Ah, yes. I do understand, Lawrence. So, what did you want to discuss about dating? Would would you like to pick my brain and try to get some, I don't know, insight into finding your absolute dream woman who who will rock your world? Or or just maybe someone that's kind of sort of cute and and not totally repulsed by you? Because those are the type of the women, you know, the women that I kind of look for. Well, I can see that. By necessity. For you, I can see that, but... For me, what I think I might do instead is put it out over the airwaves. I want to let people know that I'm I'm looking to meet somebody special. You know, those dating sites and stuff they they haven't really worked out for me now. Well, it just went out live, so all right, whatever. Good. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I myself have tried every single dating site out there, and I, I can tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> you know what? Trust me. Uh, well, I think, you know what I think? I'm th- I need to take a new selfie picture because my pick is, is maybe a little too sexy for the dating sites I'm on, you know? Uh, the one I, I'm using now, it, it's, it, it might be a little too hot. It might intimidate women. Yeah? You know what I'm uh-huh. saying, you know? Uh, I'm thinking it uh, might be, I might look like I'm difficult to please and I'm, I'm not difficult to please. You know what I mean! There's, there's nothing wrong with being hard to satisfy romantically, okay? Most most of my prior partners were very hard to satisfy, and it never stopped me from trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I've heard from your ex-wives is you really need to review a basic book on female body parts. Seriously. You know what I mean. It's not that complicated, Spud. Go to the library or Google it. You have told me this for years, and... I can assure you, Aunt Dorothy, I know all I need to know about women's bodies. Oh, no. Jeez, I am an experienced lover. I don't think so. But anyway, right now I need to introduce our musical guest. Yeah, they're back and I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with them a little later on in the program also. So here is Danny Newcomb and the Sugar Makers.
Hi, Mr. Trump. What's been your most memorable moment to this point as Donald Trump? What do you think? Just having a lot of fun and being Donald Trump. I've just had a great time and maybe meeting you. Well, I like to think that. This is Pepto Bismol. That's good stuff. Is a Spud Show. All right, uh, Spud, your first guest, uh, actually, I think there's two guests, uh, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. They're yeah. from that uh, Tacoma FD, FD TV show. Right. You know, we've, had, we've had Kevin on before when, when they put out their Super Troopers 2 movie. I, I guess now they're firemen, huh? Oh, I enjoy Tacoma FD. I've dated a few Tacoma firemen over the years, and up until I became involved with Chance, of course, I always bought their hot fireman calendar each year. Courtney, Chloe. You know, I lived in Tacoma. I live in Tacoma right now, and I've called them a few times over the last couple of years. It was mostly because my hot plate was uh, going on the fritz, or, you know, I started choking on like a corn nut or a funyun. You know, and those guys, they're really friendly. And most of them are hot, too. Yeah. You know, 
These guys are, are not real Tacoma firemen, okay? They're actors who play firemen on a TV show. Well, be that as it may, I bet they know how to put out a grease fire. Or, you know, do that CPO thing if they need to. You can't prevent everything. Uh, it's CPR, and I just put him through, okay? Oh. Uh, all right, here you go. Please welcome actors Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy from the true TV show Tacoma FD that airs Thursdays at 10.30, 9.30 Central and is killing it in the ratings. Thanks a lot for coming back on our show, Kevin, as we spoke with you with the release of Super Troopers 2. And Steve, I promise this will be painless. I'm in hopes Kevin is vouched for us. Thanks for having us. We'll see. We'll see about that. All right. Got a little pressure here. All right. So I guess I could have used the title actor slash comedian, you know, in the intro. Do you guys plead guilty to the that hybrid job title? I say this as you'll both be appearing at the Tacoma Comedy Club on the twentieth. Yeah. No. We we wear a lot of hats. We have a ton of we we uh, actors, writers, comedians. Now uh, Lemmy's a director. He directed a few episodes of our TV show, and so uh, yeah, we we're big hyphenates. Uh, I like that. Huh? Uh, someday, I that is one of my goals to be a hyphenate, but so far, not not so much. All right. Well, let me hit you with this. Um, I got something I really was wondering. How difficult of a transition was it going from playing a state trooper in the Super Trooper movies to now being fireman? Are the mustaches groomed slightly different, or are they about the same? Good question. That spud. That is a hard hitting question. You betcha. Yeah. Um, when uh, you know when you when you're on TV. And uh, you're filming for 10 weeks. They really want you to look super good. And so they bring out the blow dryer for your mustache. And they bring out the, the, the mustache wax. I don't know if you've seen the billboards, but our mustaches are so shiny and shimmery. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. And the key to our success is in our mustaches. So it's important. Yeah, it's, it's obvious that you guys suffer for your art. So those mustaches follow you around offset in your life like 24-7, correct? Yeah, no, we've been had uh, going from Super Troopers 2 into Tacoma FD, I had a mustache for close to a year. Oh. And uh, my wife was not happy about it. Uh, but I got very used to it, you know? I got very used to it. I liked it. Well, did, did you guys have to be trained in the basics of firefighting 101, like pole sliding, how to hold a hose, and maybe how to kill time between fires, that kind of stuff? Yeah, we had a, uh, a technical consultant uh, for the show. It happens to be Kevin's cousin, uh, Cousin Bill. He's a firefighter for 25 years. And, uh, huh. yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was on set. He, uh, he schooled us on the, uh, the ways of the firefighters and, uh, you know, the pranks. And he told us tons of stories that we actually used for episodes and, uh, Yes, he would be there to show us how to hold the hose and, and not look like a, 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 a wussy actor. Uh. He even told uh, Lemmy how to how to wear his mustache as a firefighter, right, Lemmy? Yeah, he, um, you know, there was one day I, I asked him, I was like, you know, these firefighter shifts are 24 hours. How do you keep your mustache fresh? So, you know, they fight a fire, you get soot in the mustache. What's, what's the tip? And he said, well... You know what you do is you uh, you know you put some uh, tooth a lot of toothpaste on the toothbrush uh-huh. and you brush uh, you brush the mustache with the toothpaste and uh, so you know I was in the trailer brushing my mustache with a lot of toothpaste and my, my upper lip was super foamy and uh, I just caught my reflection in the mirror and it, it dawned on me that he was pranking me and uh, I was like that son of a bitch and just then there was a knock on the trailer door and they were like see we need you on set. Now I was out there on set. I had I had toothpaste in my mustache. There's like four makeup artists trying to remove it with water, but now it's just foam. And my mustache is just you know sopping wet. I look like Lorax. 
And, uh, you know, it's, uh, that was the real education. Firefighters like to prank each other. That's what you need to know about being a firefighter. Wow. Like I said, you, you guys do suffer for your art. Um, well, let me hit you with this. <laughs> I know you're fake firefighters and everything, but do you sense an aphrodisical, I think that's the correct usage, effect on others when you put on the uniform and venture off the set, you know, to like run an errand or something? Because I've read firemen have groupies like rock stars. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely learned that in Super Troopers. We definitely had, uh, there, there are certain people who just love, like, a guy in uniform. And uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll occasionally put our fire outfits on and drive the truck around, you know? Ah, uh, wow. Around. That'd Pretty be good. so cool. Wow. But yeah. Well, it was, it was I, I say it's funny. It wasn't so funny. Like, uh, while we were shooting the show, there was the, um, the Woolsey fires were going on in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, the really massive uh, uh, fires that we had last, last fall. And uh, that, that was happening about five miles from where we were shooting. Like, we could see the, the huge uh, plumes of smoke. Uh, and, you know, thousands of firefighters up there fighting that, that blaze for about a month or so while we were shooting. One day we were shooting this uh, scene with our fire truck, uh, you know, driving to a fire. And uh, we're out there on the street. And um, we pulled up at a stop sign. And there was an, an SUV pulled up next to us. And he looked up at me. I was riding shotgun. He looked up at me and he said, uh, he looked at the side of the truck, said Tacoma Fire Department. And he said, you guys came all the way from Tacoma to help fight these fires? And I, uh, wow. you know, I, I didn't know what to say. And I was like, uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. And he was like, <laughs> right on, man. And, uh, you know, I didn't have the heart to tell him. I was just a wussy actor. And uh, we were, you know, filming a block away. And, uh, and you know, look, we got some goodwill for the Tacoma Fire Department in the process. So it was all good. But uh, had I told him the truth, he would have been crushed. Right. Yeah. Spot, spot. Y- yeah. We're going to ask you something here. Uh, would it be okay if I, like, unlike show here on Facebook. I know I know you don't want me to say anything uh, to you during when you're interviewing the guests and stuff like that. So I thought I could like prune my Facebook right now because I've liked way too many of these pages here and I'm getting buried with them on my news feeds. Uh, hey guys, give me a moment. What about Facebook? I, I, I kind of need to get rid of a bunch of pages that I liked over the last few years. Now look, I, I don't want you to be offended, but I was kind of on the fence about liking our show's page anyway in the first place, so no big deal if I hit unlike for the show on my phone, right? Oh, oh, I don't like any pages. Who needs more spam, right? Well, liking a page is showing support for them. It's a nice gesture. Uh, can't, can't you guys just like hold off on unliking us? We, I, and Dorothy, that's right. You don't even you haven't even liked our show on. Yeah, that's another topic. Um, I mean, oh. who's going to take serious a show with like 65 likes? Oh, if you're going to play the guilt card, okay. No, I'm going to unlike now, okay? What? If I feel a little differently later, I'm going to reconsider it. Well, whatever. Well, let me finish up the interview. All right, I'm back. Let's look back for a sec. You guys met and formed your comedy troupe Broken Lizard at Colgate University. That was in 1989. You know, you guys have lived 300 years or something like that in terms of rock band years. How the hell did you keep from quitting, firing, or punching each other over the years? No, there's definitely been some punches, and there's definitely been some fights. No question about that. But after a while, you just learn how to fight properly. You fight, and then the next day you make up, move on, you know, so... It's been pretty good. We also, you know, make a point of going out and do things on our own so that we don't get super tired of each other. You know, Lemmy and I'll get tired of each other after touring a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, we enjoy still hanging out with each other. All right. Well, I sense a connection with public servants in your material. What might we find, you know, down the line with, like, possible projects, maybe about sanitation workers or toll booth operators? What do you think? Well, it's funny because uh, 
in the second episode of Tacoma FD, we do have a little bit of a, uh, well, we have a big beef with the local police, but then we also have a beef with the sanitation workers. And uh, huh. I'm thinking if we get a season two, we might uh, we might dive into that rivalry, the, the firefighters and the sanitation department. Uh, that'd, that'd be very cool. Well, I, I know you guys write and direct your own material, but would you turn down, like, say, Martin Scorsese or, or Guillermo del Toro, like, if they just, like, begged you to direct Super Troopers 3? What do you think? No, no, I mean, uh, you know, have, have them directed or... Uh, yeah, if they just yeah, beg you, that we got to work with you. We want to direct your next movie. Would you turn them down? Because I know sure. you're in-house, but... Oh, okay. All right. Not at all. I mean, I, I I would love to see what Guillermo del Toro does with Super Troopers 3. <laughs> so would I. That's yeah, and uh, I would love it. I would love it if Scorsese directed Potsdam. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, well, I, I know you guys are taking meetings all the time. You've got stuff going on, so I'm going to let you go. But let me remind everyone of your hit, and I say hit, TV show on True TV. It's now airing Thursday nights at 10.30, 9.30 Central. It's Tacoma FD. We really appreciate you checking in with us. We know you're based in Seattle, and we know that like Seattle people kind of you know look at, down their noses at the, at the people in Tacoma. And... Uh, no, so. no, no, no. This guy lives in Tacoma. This guy proudly lives in Tacoma. I want to say that for the record. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, I love it. All right, so I'm going to let you go, but I just really appreciate it. So thanks so much, okay? Hey, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Spud Goodness to Anulo. Spud Goodness to Anulo. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Back up, you creep. Get away from me. Hey, uh, Spud, they're, they're telling me the show's sex therapist, Christine Gregson. She's waiting to speak with you now. Okay, you know, I'm... I'm Still kind of surprised he's uh, serving as our, our show's resident sex therapist. I mean, I was picking up, I was getting on her nerves that last time she was on. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think I heard that show there. She sounds like she likes you, but you know, when you listen a little bit more carefully, I think you do bug the crap out of her. She sounds like a nice lady, though. Yeah, I'm supposed to plug her blog, so here goes. Um, Christine Gregson uh, has a blog, Your Sex Life. Okay, I did that, so now I guess put her through. It's got to be cool to have a sex therapist to ask questions to and all that, right? And for free. It's not a bad perk for you, at least, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay, here she is. Say hello to Christine Gregson, the Spud Goodman Show's resident sex therapist. Thank you for doing this. It's a privilege to be a part of your show. Really? Super. I'll be honest here and say initially I was somewhat apprehensive when your producer contacted me about doing this. Yeah. I'd yeah. heard you and the show were somewhat offbeat. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, we or I have been called way worse stuff than offbeat. I'll, I'll gladly take that label. It's almost a compliment when you think about it because there's so many worse things one could be, you know, labeled as. So, All right, well, what I wanted to discuss was it's something that uh, makes me feel a bit guilty, kind of douchey right after having sex with my partner because I know they would not be okay with me, you know, thinking of an old girlfriend or maybe someone who would never, ever go out with me and not her. 
I know it's absolutely wrong to think about someone else, but it's my process. I always trust the process. Well, can I ask if you've always had difficulty with intimacy in your relationships? You know that I word has sure been mentioned a lot by the women in my life and also by you and each, each time we do one of these segments. My ex-wives and girlfriends over the years, I think, have made it pretty clear that I'm horrible at that intimacy thing. That would be a major roadblock to any successful relationship. Yeah, I'm picking that up. Intimacy is the building block needed for what most would consider satisfying sex. Without yeah. it, to act well, it becomes more like just a daily meaningless chore. Yeah, well, I would say even without intimacy, it's still way better than any chore I have to do around my apartment. I'm going to say that for sure. I mean, much more fun than vacuuming or taking out the trash. For you, maybe. And I hope you'll take this in a positive light. Okay. But I would project your sexual partners undoubtedly were not satisfied both emotionally and, yes, physically. Well, that's kind of harsh. I don't always think of someone else, you know, start to finish when having sex. You know, I mean, sometimes I'll start thinking about who I'm with, you know, but for some reason after a minute or so, I start to think about them choosing to have sex with me, Spud Goodman, and that tends to distract me. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I wouldn't have sex with me if I was a woman. I mean, let's be real. Uh, I'm very average in most areas that count in sex. I'm not saying I'm repulsed by the women I'm with, you know, for being with me, but I will say I'm conflicted. How about that? You know, I, uh, does that sound more acceptable? It's commendable how honest you are with this tendency. Okay, good, I guess. I, I can't good. say that I've dealt right. with any male clients with this issue. Yeah. Have you ever attempted mental exercises to allow you to better focus on your partner? Well, there like, are some techniques like that can what? help you. Like what? I mean, you mean like imagine a huge poster of who I'm having sex with right then in front of my face? Like force myself to look only at the imaginary poster of her? Per, per, you know, pretend it's like so big I cannot look anywhere else. Is that's kind of what uh, would that work? No, that is not an exercise that I'm familiar with. Okay, all right, super. Um, I was referring to basic acts of intimacy that occur in a healthy, sharing sexual exchange. Healthy, huh? but hmm. it appears you still approach sex the same way you first experienced it when you were a teenager yeah. through masturbation. Right. Well, maybe. Self-love behavior isn't transferable to a mutually satisfying situation with your partner. Well, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I won't lie. I, I satisfy myself way better than any of the partners I've been with. I mean, it's not their fault. I, I guess I just, like, spoiled myself as a teenager. And, you know, I, I should have been crappy at it way back then. And, you know, maybe leaving myself hanging more often. Now, I guess I'm a tough act to top. I really don't have an opinion on that. Okay. All right. But I would suggest that you at least try some basic intimacy exercises at the minimum. That is, if you still have any hopes of finding and keeping someone who will agree to have sex with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Women aren't as complicated as you and other men believe. Really? Just meet basic minimum standards and don't be a jerk. Don't be that a jerk. That at least will keep you in the game. Yeah, I've heard that J word. Um, okay, I can try. I, I think I've learned a couple important things in this conversation. The first is just keep staring at my partner and maybe, you know, how about this? Pinch myself really hard in a sensitive place where my mind starts to cheat. And, and secondly, um, it seems it would, it would help if I, if I tried to take care of them before I worry about myself. In other words, you know, 
I don't know. Don't eat that last piece of pizza. Be more generous. Or don't be a jerk again, I guess. Yes, don't eat that last piece of pizza. That's what I, I basically break everything down in life to that in social settings. Anyway. (laughs) Well, that is one way to say that no one enjoys being with a selfish lover. Okay. Be giving. I'm getting that. and And you'll be surprised at what you'll receive in return. On that note, gotta run. Okay. Goodbye. All right, fine. I'll let you go. Hey, thanks a lot for what you do for our listeners and yeah, for, you know, for me too. So, anyway, we'll be back in a sec. Spud's not going anywhere and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. We are down north, baby. We on the Spike Goodman Show. And we all scared of robots, baby. <laughs> Woo! They come to get our jobs. Oh! You can't work. You don't eat. If I can't work, I can't eat. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Lawrence, about those dating sites you've, you've tried out unsuccessfully, yeah. uh, ha- have you checked it? Uh, this place, I don't know, uh, it, it looked kind of cool. It's Just Breakfast. I think that's breakfast. what it's called. Ooh. It's Just Breakfast. Mm, it, it's good. a new site for singles. I, oh. I think there's a lunch one too, but breakfast tastes way better than lunch, don't you think? So mm-hmm. go with that one. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I, mean, I, I do like breakfast a lot, but you know, if I'm out of milk for my cereal, then I'm gonna skip it and I'm gonna wait till lunch to do some serious eating there because my stomach is really, really super growly by then. Well, breakfast has always been your favorite meal in the day, Spud. I remember your mother saying she could not keep enough Captain Crunch and Pop Tarts in the house, as you would mm. just vacuum them down. Yeah, I'm so hungry. Yeah, it's me too. But, you know, anyway, the women at the, that site, you know, the breakfast, they're down there only into eating breakfast? Is that what they're... Well, I... Well, okay, so what do you do with the nighttime dates? You just stay up all night until morning before you get to eat something? <laughs> I, I don't think there's like a rule that at that dating site about eating at other times of the day. It's just that, I don't know, breakfast doesn't bring as much pressure as you know going out to dinner. A dude won't have to pick out what wine is supposed to go along with whatever. I mean, and then he can wear sweats with flip-flops. Oh, I like and that. the tip is way less in the morning, too. Yes! I would say brunch is way more romantic. Dorothy and I enjoy our Sunday brunches after a long night of lovemaking. It's good to refuel for another session later in the day. Yeah, I don't need to know that stuff, Chance. At your age, you should be focusing on skateboarding and tossing frisbees around, not carnal activities with my aunt. We are not ashamed of exploring our sexuality, Spud. That's so hot. You are really inhibited. Loosen up a bit. Hey, 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 can we get back to my dating issues, please? I really want to find someone nice that, you know... There's a woman on the line who wants to talk to Lawrence. I guess she said she's single and interested in him. Should I put it through? Well, yes, I do think so. Go ahead. Um, Do it. Yeah, okay. Hey, I'm the host here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Put her through. Um, Call you there? Yeah. Uh, is this is this the single guy? Well, I am single, too. I'm single. Yeah, I knew. Who, who do you want to speak with? And I will say, I am the host, and I'm a good conversationalist. Pretty good. I mean, I've been told that. No. 
I want to talk to the guy with the deep, sexy voice. Is he still there? I'm still here. The name's Lawrence. So what's up? Okay, whatever. My name is Carly, and I, too, am having difficulty meeting someone on the dating site. Most of them are a waste of time and money. You know, just if I could jump in here, I found FarmersOnly.com fairly effective. I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of women there contact me. Now, here's the problem, though, for at least for me. It came when they started asking me, like, actual farming questions, you know, crop rotation, livestock depreciation. I mean, that's what killed my chances there. You lose! Good day, sir! So, Lawrence, um, does radio Mm -hmm. pay much? I'll be honest. I'm done with financially supporting boyfriends. It would be nice to go out with someone who could at least split the bill at dinner a couple times. What's your job on this show? I'm a first-time listener. I don't know. Well, I am the show's public sector food critic. So what I do is I review foods at prisons and state colleges, army bases, you know, those kind of places, places like that. And as for how much money I make, well, you know, I never have to pay for the food I review. And I get Greyhound bus tickets to and from those places. And so salary-wise, it's generally about for almost 5000 A month? No, no, a year. I'm, I'm pretty good at making a dollar stretch. So when I did my prison time, I only made 75 cents a day. And I always had money on my books. Okay, so, you know, I got to go now. It was nice talking to you guys. <laughs> Bye. Um... Yeah, I, I think she might have had her sights set on some rich dude. It's uh, pretty obvious, I well, guess. Anyway, I'm glad she didn't ask me how much money I made. I don't think I would have made the cut either. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, right now, it's my favorite part of the show. Musical guest interview time. Woo! All right, so welcome back to the show, Danny Newcomb and the Sugar Makers. Gentlemen, identify yourselves and the instrument you play. Well, I'm Danny Newcomb. And I play guitar and sing. I'm Rick Friel, and I play lead bass. He's Rick Friel. <laughs> uh, I'm Eric Eagle, and I play drums. And we have Rob Mitchell, who's singing tonight with us. All right, super. Um, um, you know, you guys have a new record out titled Steal the World. So is this a, a blueprint on some big heist the band's planning? Because if so, you might want to keep it more, you know, kind of low profile. You though think? I just want to say this, though. Talking out loud about doing things illegal has not, you know, worked out that poorly for Trump. So I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something in this openness thing. A billion dollars. Billion dollars. A billion dollars. Billion 1.7, yes. Yeah. Anyway. So talk about the record. Well, we just released a new record. It's called Steal the World. We were on, a, we were in rotation on KXP for the last month, and things have been going good. You know, you got to feel good in this day and age where uh, nobody buys music anymore. Yeah. So we're heading out to play some summer shows, and uh, we got a show at the Clock Out Lounge in Seattle coming up in June, and then we're playing some other festival shows around. Cool. Well, what's the band's official position on like Ouija boards? You know, our show's resident psychic uh, Ted Mars says people should stay away from them as they can mess up their lives. Um, I try not to ask it uh, sexual questions. But, I mean, do you guys you guys do or don't have your own Ouija board? Because a lot of bands do. And you, I was wondering if you consult it before making major decisions like who to kick out or, or, or to approve for guitar and drum solos, that kind of stuff? Well, for drum solos, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So you do go to them occasionally. You have one. Yeah, but we try not to do it with greasy hands. Well, that's, that's a good point. All right, super. So what item on the band's concert rider would surprise listeners? Do you guys demand anything that would be difficult for a venue to deliver, like a couple boxes of like chilled you know, tequila worms or, or a dozen bald eagle eggs? What do you, is there anything that you guys put down that, that just drives people crazy? I really hadn't thought of the bald eagle eggs. Well, I might be in for that now. We, do, uh, we like our tube head. socks warmed. Tube socks warmed. Okay, all right, super. Um, all right. Well, you know... That first song you did was was just a lively little lively little tune. I, I liked it a lot. What's the next song, and what the heck is it about? Can you translate it for our listeners? This next song is about if you love somebody, you give it all up, or you steal it all up. Either way, you give it all up because you're huh. going to jail for a while. Yeah, that sounds very deep. Well, let's do it.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Project today. Okay, Spud, uh, your last guest, uh, Raymond Cruz, he's waiting to speak with you right now. You know, I know this guy. He was on Breaking Bad, right? Yo, yo, yo! Jesse Pinkman in the house! Uh, yeah, and Better Call Saul, too. He, he, he played the same, you know, mean-looking guy on both shows, Tuco Salamanca. Uh. Uh, you know, but, but I've heard off-camera he's a really nice guy. Well, I really liked him on that show, Major Crimes, which was on TNT. He solved a lot of crimes. That is messed up, yo! Uh, he has, a, like, a new scary movie out now, and, and I, that's what I'm going to be talking to him about. You know, I never missed an episode of Breaking Bad. When I was uh, locked up uh, in the first couple seasons, it was like the most popular show in prison. Everybody liked it. Really? Guards did, yeah. Super. Well, you know, it was a great show. I was thinking, though, did the meth cooks in lockup say it was realistic? I don't know. I didn't know any meth cooks. I did know a couple of high school science teachers that were on my tier. They thought the show was right on the money as they could relate to it, you know. Okay, all right. Really? Well, well just, just put him through. Right. Welcome to the show, actor Raymond Cruz. Thank you for calling into our program. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah. Well, you have a new movie out, a scary movie, The Curse of La Llorona. Uh, can you give La our Llorona. listeners... La Llorona. Pardon me? La Llorona. La, yes. Thank you for that. Um, can, can you give our listeners... <laughs> <laughs> the basics, as, as I get scared really easy. Oh, you do? Then, then you're going to love this movie, or, or you're going to hate it because it's going to scare you to death. Uh-oh. La Llorona is a legend that's been handed down in Latin culture for generations, and it's uh, used as a cautionary tale against children to, to, to um, keep them in love, to make sure they behave. It's usually told to you by your grandparents when they're babysitting you, telling you uh. not to go out after dark or, or to behave, or La Llorona will get you. And basically, La Llorona is a um, is a dark entity that walks the earth in search of children to take their souls to replace those of her own children who she murdered by her own hand when she was in a fit of jealous rage. And 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 then after she, when she realized what she did, then she murdered herself. She drowned herself in her grief, and that's why you always hear La Llorona's um, cries before you ever see her. So if you hear her or see her, you need to turn and go the other way. The other way. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's a real legend. As, as It has its own Wikipedia page, and it originated in Mexico, you know, many, many years ago, obviously. But we... It's just way more intense than our legends. Like, we got, like, a Sasquatch and, like, the Sports Illustrated cover jinx legends in, in America. But we can't... Wow, that, this thing is way more intense. Oh, way more intense because La Llorona is a, 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 a paranormal. She's a spiritual dark entity that, you know, exists. And if you believe in light, you have to believe in the dark. And you have to understand that the only way that you can combat these dark entities is, is with um, light and with, with spirituality. Huh. You have to have a strong faith in God and, and you have to, you know, the only way the only way to approach the darkness is with, with true light. Okay, all right, super. I wrote that down. Uh, hey, Spud, Spud, Spud. Yeah. You know, when I was locked up, they used to threaten the, the, to show this ghost movie here in the recreation room. You know that movie? You mean the... Uh, ghost. Was, was uh, Swayze in that one? I and, think so. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and, some pottery thing. I think I remember they that. They had throwing pots or something. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I gotta tell you, most everybody in Gen Pop would totally lie because you know everybody hated that movie so much. It wasn't scary, but it did suck. Uh, hey Raymond, just a sec. Well, this evil entity thing is legit scary. Seriously, here, as I said, it has its own Wikipedia page, man. So if one was gonna threaten a kid to, to clean their room or, or take out the recycling in any country around the world, most would hop to it. Thank God my parents didn't know about this thing, as I would have been at their mercy. Oh, oh, I don't know, Spud. Your parents used to threaten you constantly with restriction, no allowance, no desserts, and you would never crack. Well, Aunt Dorothy, just between you and me, I can say this now, it's good they never went with a no TV punishment, as that would have made me into their work slave. Uh -huh, I just couldn't deal uh -huh. with life then or now without TV. I hear you, I hear you, because if they took away TV at Pelican Bay, there would have been a riot. Yeah, I think that Geneva Convention deal would have stopped them from doing it. But hey, l let me get back to Raymond. All right, I have returned. Okay. Well, you know, many of our listeners are familiar with your character, Tuco Salamanca, uh, on, on Breaking Bad and later on Better Call Saul. You had a mean look on your face on those shows. Very intimidating. Did you take that scowl home with you, you know, to stay in character, or did you just leave it on the set? No, it was so exhausting playing that character. Yeah, the minute they said cut, I, I, I was, I was, I would just like take a big sigh of relief. Yeah, that was an intense character, you know. Yes. And I never looked at Tuco as a bad guy. I just kind of looked at him, you know, he's a little, he's a little out there, a little extreme. Yeah. I always look at Break, I always look at Breaking Bad as a dark comedy. Really? Well, yeah. I, let me hit you with this. You know, as big a show as Breaking Bad was. Um, I was, I was curious because I had asked some, uh, this question to some prior cast, cast members in a prior interview. Uh, I spoke with Betsy Brent and RJ Mitty. Um, they got bugged, and I was wondering if you got bugged about, you know, from your friends about where the storyline was going, how it was going to end, because everything had to be top secret. Oh, yeah, you couldn't, I could never, when, when I would go to, to New Mexico, to Albuquerque to shoot, they, they would shield me from the public. I had a, a woman who walked around with an umbrella and was constantly covering me so people wouldn't even know I was there. So, you know, every, everything on there was top secret. You know, you were under an assumed name at the hotel and they asked you not to go out in public. <laughs> Can you be sequestered during the shoot? Dang. It was a little strange. Did you get, like, texts from friends or anything just trying to get a heads up on, or, you know, get ahead of the curve on the storylines at all? Oh yeah, everyone would ask me what's going on, and you could you you, you couldn't say anything. I, I think you even had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Hey, all right, all right. Well, you later starred in the TNT show Major Crimes on you know, on TNT. You, you did 105 episodes before it left the air. In well, I did, I did, we did that. This is the thing. I did the clothes, which spun off into Major Crimes, and I played the same character. And then I, I did Breaking Bad, which spun off into Better Call Saul. And I did the same character, and I did both those shows at the same time. No way. No way. At the same time? I don't think that's ever been done in Hollywood. Dang. I did not know that. Huh. Yes, I ended up, I was shooting Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul in, uh, uh, on the weekends. How crazy is that? Wow, they shot around your schedule, huh? Around my schedule. I would shoot all my scenes on Saturday and Sunday. You know, it would be like 14, 16-hour days. Huh. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Well... You did so many episodes of Major Crimes. I was just curious, did you guys run out of Major Crimes to do? or Because it was really popular. Uh, what happened at the end? Well, you know, the, the shows run their course. At some point, you know, it might get too expensive to make. Or, you know, they feel they have, like, enough episodes for syndication. So then they just want to stop, you know, making the show. 
but also, you know, as an actor, as an actor, you, you want to move on and do other stuff. Also, you don't want to keep doing the same part forever. Did it get old? Did it get, Did it get you know? I, you, that's a lot of episodes. One hundred and five. Oh, we had a very old cast. Yeah, it got old. <laughs> okay, all right, super. Well, you've done a bunch of major motion pictures in your career, like Clear and Present Danger, Alien Resurrection, Training Day. And the Rock, The Substitute, yes. Yeah, right yeah. That, Training Day. Heck yeah. So, here's my question. What's the major difference for you as an actor showing up for work in the morning on a TV show versus a big studio film? Better parking and unlimited desserts on with movies? Well, they both have that. The big difference is, you know, it's a different pace of shooting. With a television show, you're, you're moving really fast. And usually when you're shooting a TV show, you're shooting one episode, but you're at the same time, you're studying for the next episode that you're going to shoot immediately when you finish the one you're doing. So it's a, it's, it's a crazy, you know, pace. Movies, you'll show up and do maybe one scene a day, maybe two. In a TV show, you'll do like five or six. Wow. All right. Um, well, let, let me let me close because I know you're a very busy man. Let me close with my required talk show uh, question. Raymond Cruz, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? And if you don't have one, you can make one up. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the mem- most memorable moment is even being allowed to be in show business. So, so that I'd have to say that that's it. The fact that, you know, you grow up as a child watching movies and television and you'd never think that you would be on the screen and to actually be on it is, is, is mind blowing. Oh, all right. All right. Well, let me say again before you go, your new movie. Now I'm going to have you say the name because I already hammered it. The Curse of La Llorona. La Llorona. Okay. It's now showing at theaters everywhere. Uh, thank you so much for checking in with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. There you have it, Mr. Raymond Cruz. Hey, man, thank you so much and have a great day. My, how time flies. Oh, man, I was kind of hoping I would uh, get a halfway decent response on the dating thing that, you know, went by just coming on the show tonight. No, no, man, not, hasn't really worked out, has it? No, it hasn't. I'm kind of bummed about that. You know, I've I, I done, I done better on OkCupid. Okay really? That's not saying much. No. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. I had a 72-year-old grandmother hit me up for a date on uh, OK. Yeah. I, st- I still haven't responded because, I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence. What's it going to be, yo? Come on! Can I jump in here, Lawrence? Sure, you have yeah. no idea how satisfying a relationship is with an older woman. Thank you. It will blow your mind. The time I've spent with Dorothy has been the most exciting experience in my life, and I... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah let's be honest. Going from a horny teenager, you know, virgin, uh, that you were, as far as the intel that I have, um, to now a post-teenage boy having regular sex, I get it. You're super happy. But, you know, guys like Lawrence and I are looking for more than just sex in a relationship. Well, you know, I would stop there and see what happens. Well, Spud, don't label the relationship Chance and I have as just being about blind lust. We do enjoy our sex life, but there are many more things that bond us together. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I guess. Yeah, we play video games and watch a lot of movies together. Yeah. It's just not about the sex. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. 
okay, there's got to be somebody else out there that's calling that's not interested in going out with me. Come on. Man, this is weak. Um, Chance, dude, put, put your phone down. You can play the game later. Um, just see if there's anybody holding her to talk to nobody to Please. talk to us. Yes. Uh, I guess there is someone who wants to speak with Lawrence. Oh, Should I nice. put it through? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, hey, Call, are you there? I'm here. Super. Can I speak with Lawrence? I'm a big fan. Lawrence? Or are you a big fan of, of me? Uh, of the show? Uh, the show's okay, but Lawrence is the best thing on it. His reviews are really well done. The man knows food. Can yeah. I speak with him? Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is I him. Uh, I'm Lawrence. Uh, okay, so what's up? I heard you say earlier you're single. Is that right? Yes, yeah. That's the why I am forced to try the online dating thing. You know, mostly it sucks. So how about you? you uh, have you met any women in any of the sites? Uh? No, not women. I was looking to meet a guy, actually. Recently divorced. Didn't end well with the wife, you know. I think I'm yeah, looking for a change. A different route. I just want to know if you would consider going out with me sometime. Well, I gotta tell you, I was kind of looking to meet a woman. You know, I spent seven and a half years locked up with guys, and uh, you know, um, a couple of my tiny cell <laughs> over there over the years there. So I've had a chance to take a, a test spin on that option already. Yeah, you know, I don't think this deal is is a choice, caller. I I'm in the camp of you pretty much know yourself what you prefer around the you know the time you can string a few words together or, or potty trained. Just kind of know one way or the other. Oh, I don't know about that. In college, for one quarter, I was sure I was attracted to a girl in my dorm. It's just not easy knowing he's falling in love with other women right in front of my eyes. Turns out I wasn't after I'd had a chance to have a conversation with her. I mean, she was a Goldwater supporter. I don't want to put any pressure on you, Lawrence. If you aren't into it, I'm fine with that. No, 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 man. It's just that, that women should smell better than guys, but you know, I'm not going to assume that you stink like my old cellmates did. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I am totally attracted myself to people that smell good. That, that's one of those things that you can't control. It's just, That's you know, true. That's true. All right, I'll tell you what, Carla. You know, I will have a beer with you, so just go ahead and leave your number with our intern, and I will give you a call. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot. And hey, I'll make sure and wear a little cologne. You had me at hello. Yeah, but hey, uh, no chaps, caller, all right? That, 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 that's, that would be a mood killer, at least for me. That stuff reeks. But uh, anyway, I got to hang up on you as we're out of time. But you know, bye. All right. Well, he sounded like a nice dude. He actually did, I have to say. But just make sure he pays as he asked you out, okay? Uh, anyway, I got to sign off now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is Danny Newcomb and the Sugar Makers.
right All these days, yeah, they're full of snakes and ladders You always know that you will be brokenhearted Don't do what you think you should do Do what you think is right Dig when you want to fight it Dig when you really know Goodman Show was written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, engineered by Trevor Jastad, and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, associate producer TJ Pites, video director Wyatt Young, production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison, original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon, on-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan, copyright 2019 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.